You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Hi, good evening. Good to see everyone in church. Um, I see some first service people here, so this is a pretend I haven't seen you before. But I want to very quickly try and um, maybe talk through a concept in, let's call it 15 minutes or so, and then uh, see whether we can have um, something of a small conversation around it um, and then maybe pray about it, okay? Just drop this here. All right. Um, I think this whole month, our conversation is about the art of God. And uh, when you read... <laughs> When you read Psalm 8 and verse 5, or verse 3, it says in the Passion Translation, it says, look at the splendor of your skies, your creative genius glowing in the heavens. It says, when I gaze at the moon and the stars mounted like jewels in their settings, I know that you are the fascinating artist who fashioned it all. And then the psalmist goes down to say, but what is man that you are mindful of him? Um, Art has always been a, a big deal. Um, and art is also a very powerful thing. Uh, and here the scripture says that God is the fascinating artist who fashioned it all. Um, and, you know, and the first thing to note tonight is that God is the greatest artist that there is. Um, art in itself is meant to be a reflection of the person who is creating it. Um, and it's me who painted it out of respect for me, right? You might have a number that you ascribe to what its value is, yeah? You might be like, oh, this is Idris, P.I., uh, I don't want to disrespect him, so let's call it what, 10K. How much would you guys pay for this piece of art? Sorry? 100K. 10 million naira. I have 10 million here. Anybody else? <laughs> Any other takers? 10 million going. 20 million, the guy in the cap. 30 million. This is who that like me. And that's when they go sold. And like, please pay. <laughs> um, but you see, what happens is if you go into certain galleries and you go around the world to a museum, and when they tell you the price of the artwork, a lot of times, sometimes for us, if we want to be honest, you really can't see what they see. You don't understand why it is 18 or 15 million dollars. You're like, how, why, what did the guy draw here? You know, when I was in primary school, I'm sure I drew something like this. But typically it matters who did the work. It actually matters who did the work. Because that person um, not only has conveyed their essence onto the work, but associated with this is, they call it your workmanship. When the psalmist writes here, he says, look, when you look at the moon, when you look at the stars, when you look at the sun, uh, there's a fascinating artist who fashioned it all. Uh, everything that we see in nature, and I know for a lot of us, we kind of, are not like you know, nature lovers like that. I mean, when you're hustling in Lagos, who has time for nature, right? But when God wants to inspire what we'll call generation shifting faith, he takes Abraham 
out to see his former work. He says, Abraham, you know the work I want to do in your life. He says, would you look at the work I did a couple of years ago? And, and I guess seated here today are people at different stages of their life who, number one, are trying to figure out, Lord, what is the value of my life? And number two, you are like, Lord, Lord, what are you actually doing in my life? So the first one about the value of your life, may I suggest to you that your life is not valued by anything that you currently own. That it, because you think of yourself as the money in your bank account today, and you think of yourself as the money in your crypto wallet and the money that they're owing you. You think of yourself as your BSC or whatever it is. But when God, who is the one who is painting this picture, thinks of you in terms of value, and I in terms of value, he knows that this is a masterpiece. In terms of the second one, is what is he really doing? in my life what is he really doing in in my life I like how Paul puts it in Romans chapter 1 and verse 20 and 21 it says look but God's qualities this is from the creation of the world God's invisible attributes his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen it is the intent of the artist when they do their work for their nature to be seen, for something about them to be seen. And again, there's someone here who, in terms of how you think of your life, right, I think it's, we need to come to the place where you understand that the main purpose of your life is to reflect God. Not to reflect fashion, not to reflect the desires of men or what is popular on the earth, but is to reflect God. It is actually a huge purpose of our lives. However, what happens is that there are too many of us who quarrel with God because sometimes we do not understand the background that God chose when he starts our picture. The most apparent one is that he made us black. Africans, black. You're like, ah, God, why? why? Why am I black? Why couldn't I just be American? Even Mexican I would have taken even Chinese. And not just black, but you are Nigerians with a green passport. And some of us cry, and someone says, ah, but not only did he do that, but I'm also now a, a lady. <laughs> and they say, not only am I a lady, I was then born in Okbomosho. Not only did he do all that, and imagine the parents he gave me when he was painting my picture, when he started, didn't he see Dangote here? And, and I recognize that not everyone understands what God is doing in their lives. And I just want to speak to that. I would ask you, if you can, to spend some time observing nature and creation in the next couple of days and weeks. When Jesus wants to teach his disciples about how God beautifies things. It says, look at the lilies in the garden. It says, not even Solomon was dressed like one of them. 
The psalmist will say in Psalm 19 and verse 1, uh, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Paul says we are the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus. God is the greatest artist that ever existed. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that one of the biggest struggles we have as Christians, as people who seek God in this age is whether we would let God walk on our lives or whether we will be impatient and try and produce in our lives something we think people want to see. Will I let God walk on my life, in my life, through my life? Or would I continue to put myself in a place where I am trying to produce what I think people want to see. God has what we call the big picture. Isaiah 46. He says, I read a KJV, he says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. So before he starts... He understands the end. I can say this confidently as I know that there is no one here who was an afterthought. He says to Jeremiah that while you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. So there's no one here who God does not have a big picture for and about. He, he understands what he wanted to do with your life. He sees the end from the beginning. But there are pictures that require time. There are things that require time. So when the gentleman who painted this masterpiece started, you could not tell from the beginning what it was painted. But God says, would you look at creation and look at the stars, look at the sun. Look at life. If I look at yourself, all of our worry, all of our planning, you cannot create your own brain. And, you know, and that is some of the most powerful machine that exists in the world. Jeremiah says, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew you. And this is where I want to land and and would we'll just pray about it. If God is the greatest artist that there is, and he is, and he's painting all sorts of pictures, what is our response to him? How should we posture our lives? And I think the one thing that was big for me as I prepared for this Sunday was the concept of trust. Um, I, can, I can say I want to paint a picture, but if this canvas refuses to stay here for me to paint, then what I have is that every time I try to put some paint here, it moves. I like what the writer of the book of Proverbs says, 
in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, the message translation, it says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. This is hard because we live in a world where we talk about planning. <laughs> My day job is strategy, right? So this is the world where I ask you for your five-year plan and your 10-year plan and your 20-year plan. But God has the big picture. God has the big picture. And because God has the big picture, we must come to a place where we actually trust God, not just in words, but in truth. For someone here tonight, let me say this. Your life might not make meaning to people around you for another five years. And, and just listen, please. Because they don't have the picture. Your life might not even make meaning to you now. But <laughs> you are not the artist. I, I like how, you know, I think it's in Isaiah. It says, he's the clay. Oh, we are the clay and he's the porter. The best stance I believe a person can take as it relates to God and the art that he's creating is one of trust. It says to trust in the Lord from the bottom of your heart. When I was reading this, I said to myself, that means that I can trust God from just part of my heart. So I can trust God on Sundays. I can trust God when it's convenient. Jesus says... Um, it says if you want to follow me it says you will deny yourself take your cross daily and follow me and I remember just praying and thinking through it and I, I said this is one of the reasons why for us as people of faith as, as Christians as Jesus followers worship is a big deal because worship allows us recalibrate our souls and our hearts to remain rooted and trusting in God. Worship is where you, whether it's when you wake up in the morning, at night, in the middle of a trial, worship is where you constantly remind yourself that he is God, he's the one who is painting the picture in our lives. And how does, how do you know when a man trusts God? Is that he allows God access to him. He allows God access to him. God is painting different pictures in all our lives. Maybe one of the Sundays we'll talk about how that comparison is one of the most foolish things we can do on the earth. Because if there were a thousand canvases here and God was painting different pictures, you can imagine the canvas where he started with blue, looking at the guy where he started with black, and you're wondering, God, but I like black. Why am I blue? And somebody else says, why am I shot? Why am I the one when they say they're taking a picture, come to the front? Why? 
Somebody says, but Lord, why is my hair not growing like the rest of them? Trust in the Lord from the bottom of your heart. And that it is more than just words. That your worship allows you to be in that place where you are submitted and rooted. Because there are people who, every time God wants to do a work in their lives, in our lives, we've shifted, we've moved. Scripture would speak about those who have trust in the flesh. It would speak about those who go down into Egypt. praying yesterday, I think it was yesterday I was praying and I began to realize that when God works on our lives, creating this masterpiece, uh, one of the most important things he does is by his word and his spirit having access to our souls. So you cannot say that you trust God if his word has no access to your soul. You can't say that. I'll, I'll explain what I mean. When someone is in that position of worship before the artist, he then applies his thoughts. He then expresses his essence into the medium. Let's say it's canvas and he's painting. When God takes the earth in Genesis chapter 1, dark without, without form or void, he starts to speak to it. And so in our lives, he begins to speak to us and he begins to use his words to paint pictures. To paint pictures. And no wonder in Ephesians, when he speaks about what God is doing with the church, he would say that by the washing of water by the word, that he may present the church to himself as glorious, beautiful, without wrinkle, a masterpiece. And so our very trust in the artist is reflected in the access that we give to his word in our lives. When you read, again, the same pattern, John chapter 15 says, look, the father is the husbandman the vine, you're the branches, but it says there is a remaining in me. So that's worship. But it says, and my words abiding in you. That's where the transformation happens. Our biggest trust in God will not be a song. It won't be a song. But it will be what happens on Monday where you ever so often just wake up and what's your biggest worship song? Anybody? What's your favorite worship song? Your, your worship. All of my worship. And, and that is your presentation. And it's not because you're just Christian and you like or you want to impress your neighbors with your devotion. <laughs> No, but it's that you understand that he's the one who is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And that not only do you worship and submit yourself before him, 
that you then let grace, his word, have access to you. I believe that God's word, God's voice, must be the, <laughs> the loudest voice in our lives. It must be the one we hear the most often. Psalm 65 and verse 1. I like the Passion Translation. It says, Oh God in Zion, to you, even silence is praise. Even just being still before you is praise. Let me, let me end on this and I'll ask a couple of questions and we'll just pray. How valuable do you think you are? How, how valuable do you think you are? That question says, what's your net worth? The way the world is set up is that you think you are worth $2 million and you feel great. And then you meet a guy who's worth $10 million. And then a guy who's worth $1 billion. But what is, what is the, where is your self esteem from may I suggest to you that the one who is walking on you who owns you is the one from whom you draw your value and that those who trust in God will see beauty evolve in their lives like they could never imagine. Absolutely never imagine. So I think the call tonight is about being deliberate, about building and putting your trust in the artist who has the big picture. You have a small picture. You have a small picture. Some of us all you know about your life is all you know about your life. I remember saying this in the morning, I'll say it again. You cannot be 25 and think you have failed. You haven't seen nothing yet. You can't even be 30 and think that you have failed in life. Because for you to arrive at that submission, you must have, you must have the picture, you must have all the plans. And I assure you that you don't. He says, but uh, the guy I went to school with, he founded a company. He founded a company. They told me that the company is now worth one billion. Pierre, what have I done with my life? Uh, but who's the artist of your life? He said, you don't understand. Though. There's this girl like that. We used to be bunk mates in the hostel. She has three children now. Three. Even has twins and one boy. <laughs> twins. And I'm here doing usher in church. What am I? How is God? <laughs> How is God? But God says, would you please trust me? He says, you don't understand, Pierre. <laughs> All my friends are in Canada and in Canadian dollars. But I'm broke in Naira. <laughs> he says, you don't understand. You're talking about value. But who is the artist of your life? 
I think it's in Psalm 73. The psalmist says, I, it says, I almost slipped. I almost lost my footing. It says, because I looked at the prosperity of others. It says, until I entered into the sanctuary and understood where they were going. And so worship takes a very, very different turn when you understand at least one of the very purposes of worship. I'm not just worshiping to sing. No, 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 no. I stand in God's presence and I say, God, it's you. Does it take faith to do that? Yes. But what God says is, would you look at the stars? Would you look at all of creation? Would you look, and I think it's important, look at the clouds. Look at this world. The Bible says he upholds the entire world by the power of his words. And as you worship him, you would then submit yourself to the working of the word. It's a, it's, I think it's, it's one of the most transformational things. It's one of the most transformational things to let God's word fill your heart. I'm going to take, if we have any questions, I will take two or three questions because I understand it's the habit of the evening service to take questions. If they had questions, I'll leave it for your pastor to come and answer. <laughs> I'll leave a bit of to come and answer. But tonight, after those questions, if they're not, we'll just pray. I want us to worship God. And it's not just about, like I said, it's not just a song. It is understanding who is the one at work in my life. And as we worship, we're also saying, Lord, do what you want to do. Not all our destinies are in Lagos. Not all our destinies are in the same place, guys. <laughs> okay, if we, I can start, I can talk another hour. But is there someone who might have a question that is not hard? <laughs> you have a question? Okay, one, two, good stuff. And it's not hard questions, right? Because it's hard, I won't say it. <laughs> I'm just telling you up front. I'm not the pastor of this church. Her name is Busola. <laughs> Busola Waleshe Abola. She's the pastor of the church. When she comes, okay. I'm a young pastor. I'm just, I'm just learning this work. All right. Do you want to tell me? Who's got a question? Tell me. Let's do it. Go for it. Go for it. Do you want to use my mic? Okay, well, can you, use, you don't want to use my mic here. Or you can tell me. I can, I can shout it out. Oh, it's here. Thank you. make you like complacent in life where you're just chilling for God to do every to do what he wants to do I mean when do you take action of your life when do you like if you want to get married you need to plan for your family for your children you need to make savings you need to 
get jobs, you need to invest, you need to do a lot of all those things. It's fantastic. So, but then, if you're just like, okay, I'm just going to take away for God to make the plan. So if I don't have money now, I'm just going to go with the flow. And I don't know, I'm just saying that. I, 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 okay. When do you draw? When do you draw? And this is brilliant, because at the end of the first service in the morning, someone also walks up to me and says, what does it mean to be still before God? Um, and by the way, I'm married, I have children, and I'm, I have some money. I have a job. <laughs> um, I think um, that everything that I do in my life, I'm trying to do in my life, this message is for me. I'm, the Bible says he's the one who is at work in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So I think the first thing then goes to motive, right? As, I, as he speaks to me and he speaks to... I mean, there are things that the word says to do. So I'm submitted to his word, right? And God's word is very clear about the fact that I will work very clear about the fact that I will take care of my home. So I am even in doing those things, I am not just a hearer of the word, I am a doer of the word. However, it is even an issue about the very fundamental, right? That there is in all that I am doing, that I am submitted to God. I can do those things that were mentioned without being submitted to God. Okay. Um, but someone who is submitted to God will do those things and more. Okay. Um, I will eat. I will not wait for God to say to me, Idris, hey, there's a bowl of pounded yam and soup. Arise and eat. I will do that. I mean, I know that I have to eat. But there are days that God working in me will instruct me what to eat. I will work, but God working in me will inspire me what type of work to do, will define the boundaries of work that I cannot do and should not do. I will get married, but that also is governed by God working in me. There are things that my head cannot produce and my hands cannot produce. And I have to also be honest with that because, <clears throat> let's do it like this. How many of, <laughs> because I know that I tell myself, I know the number of times I've had five-year plans and 10-year plans. In my five-year plan, Arsenal would have won the Champions League already. <laughs> Trust me, and the Premier League. but. But you know, as I grow older, I realize that those plans are deeply important. <laughs> but that when God does what he wants to do, my plans are, are just an imitation eventually. And I say that very humbly. So I'm not saying shut down our lives, no. But 
read through scripture, you would find that people who would walk with God and submit with God, that there are, there are disruptions that God will bring in their lives. He would say to do this or not to do this. Their expectations. And so it means that you cannot do what everybody does when everybody does it. All right. Um, the word is very clear. It says, let him who does not walk not eat. So it's not even about being idle. But it's in the very basic, it's motives and just even in the place of submission and God walking through you, that you let him walk through you. Um, okay. I will stop there. If there's any other question, I'll answer it. I probably will come back to it again. Okay. All right. There's one more, yeah. Okay, good evening, everyone. Hi. Um, my question is, you may mention about the fact that, um, about value, value uh, and net worth. So I wanted to ask, what if a person is placing his or herself um, on a net worth which is on a high one, whereas the level he or she is, is not up to that network, is placing herself. Uh, is, it, is it a sign of discontentment or what? That's the question I wanted to ask. Okay, thank you. And I think I, I use that to... Um, so you, sorry, your question is about what if the person is estimating themselves higher than there. I think that the question about value is relative because you and I would walk into certain galleries in the world and would see a price. I don't know if you've ever seen this, $20 million for a piece of money. You're like, no way. I know this is not $20 million, but it's $20 million. That ultimately our value as human beings, as people of faith, as children of God, is literally is derived from the fact that God is the one at work in your life. It's not a number. It's not a monetary number. Because money comes and sometimes money can go. So in, if you read First Timothy chapter 6, it says, tell those who are rich in this world not to place their confidence in that wealth, in what he calls uncertain riches. And I'm not saying, of course, if you ask me how much I have in the bank, I would tell you there's a number. Right. I won't say, oh, well, I have 10 billion in the bank because I don't have 10 billion in the bank yet. Right. But I'm saying at the root of our self-esteem, where do we believe our value comes from? You and I. I tell you why this is important because too many of us, when we see people who we think have plenty of money, we we essentially, some people just bow down and go, oh, chief, you know, chairman. And we really sometimes don't even care where that money came from. And so we think of ourselves very lowly because we think we do not have X or Y. I don't know if that helps. If you think of yourself as what more than you, um, I think, 
I think what you should be thinking of, I'm not sure it's discontentment. I think the real value of your life is drawn from what God sees about you. And I think that, I don't think it's, honestly, I think it's tricky to value yourself as a person based on what you think you have. You will use in this world at the moment the things that you have and the things that God provides for you. But when you stand and think of yourself, you must think of yourself as someone who the blood of Jesus has been shared for, as someone whose God's hand is upon. It's part of the reason why, why we don't sometimes treat people nicely until we think that they have money. All right? So for me, it doesn't matter what you have. It's about what God has done in your life. Okay. Thank you. I'll ask, is there one more? Or, or out? Yes, go for it. Thank you. And it's not a hard question. Her question was almost hard. That's what I'm saying. Because if it's hard, I'm not going to answer it. I told you guys. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Okay, so my question is, like, you see your peers doing, like what you said earlier on, you see your peers doing a lot of exploits, and you're just like, where is my life? Because it's very difficult for you not to for you not to think about it. It's actually very, very difficult. No matter how spirit-filled you are, you your mind just flip back at it. And you're just like, oh, I'm here, Sha. <laughs> like, hmm. It's actually I, very difficult. Like sometimes you, like what do you do at that point for you not to overthink it or not for you not to dwell in that place for so long? Okay, I, I, and I hear that, and I think that's a great question because I, as you started talking about it, I think I remember the scripture. I read it, I read it, Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5 says, and Jeremiah 20 says, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of days, I have holy plans for you. And then Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you. Um, the way I think about my life, and I'm, I'm trying to learn is that I don't believe that I will have everything that others have. And I will not do everything that others are doing. Because I'm not called to do everything that other people are doing. The things I deeply desire to manifest in my life are the things that I sense that God is working through me. It is very... I mean, and I believe that we must be inspired by the stories, the working of God in the lives of other people, right? Especially when we can see it's the hand of God. We must be. I believe that exposure helps us. Sometimes it shakes us to the place where we go back to God and say, oh God, what are you doing in my life? Sometimes you would meet, Mary would meet Elizabeth and the baby in the womb will jump. But ultimately, what God wants to do in your life is what he wants to do in your life. It has no reference to essentially what is happening around you. Uh, and I say this very carefully because it is sometimes the cause for a lot of unhappiness in life. Because the one who is painting your picture is also painting a million, a billion other pictures. And I'm not saying lay back and do nothing, but I'm saying that 
face God in worship. Let the word of God dwell richly in you. And then let God produce in your life what he wants to produce in your life. I think there will always be people who provide you with tension in this life. In different aspects of life. There will always be people who are doing exploits in terms of they seem to have, they seem, because sometimes it's what they broadcast to us, that they seem to have more money. There will always be that guy who looks as if his beard is more grown and nicer than yours. That lady who seems to have her makeup better done than yours. And I'm saying, look, face God who is the one at work in your life. Um, what is the biggest thing that you think and I'm, this is a rhetoric so you don't have to answer but we're just about to start praying what is the biggest thing that God wants to do in your life today and, and it's an interesting thing that sometimes with all, and I think it's something that you know, this whole conversation about the art of God helps us to do, is that sometimes we all kind of define our lives by how much money we think God eventually wants us to have. Yep. So when we pray, when we plan, a lot of us define our lives by how much money. Right? We think that God wants us to have. I have nothing against money. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures is Luke 12, 15. It says, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And so money in itself is a tricky, is a tricky measure of success. My, my prayer today, for all of us, for me included, is that we will put our trust in God that we would put our trust in God. That we would put our trust in God. I believe there is a difference, coming back to your first question, in the plans that we make when we trust God. When you trust God, you would find that He would begin to inspire amazing ideas in your heart. He would ask you to do things but you even didn't, never thought you should or would do. <laughs> what does the Holy Spirit do when he comes upon us? He says, I will give you new dreams and new visions. Those who trust in God are not resigned in life and say we will do nothing, no. But it is that sometimes they see things. But what it is is that they are no longer running a race with the people around them. There's possibly somebody here today who is actually very unhappy. They don't yet have a car. And the reason is sometimes is just because you think everybody around you has one. So it's that facing God who is the artist in worship. In worship. In worship. Facing God in worship, and then letting his word fill your life. Hmm. Um, I guess we'll continue next week. But you see, sometimes 
it's amazing how much of our desires and plans are actually shaped by fashion, advertising, trends. Some of us already want an iPhone 13. Happy? Yeah. <laughs> Some of us, are, we've not even seen it. We just know that that iPhone 13, I want it. Let's pray tonight. Let's pray tonight. If you don't mind, just bow your head where you are. Let's pray tonight. Let's pray tonight. Let's pray tonight. Would you please, if you don't mind, just worship God. Just worship him. Um, I don't know what, before we raise a song, I don't know what your own worship could be, but it's a place of submission. It's a place of submission. It's a place is where you are saying to God, Lord, this is my life. Have your way. Draw the picture you want to draw. I am clear you are the porter. This is my life. Speak your word to me. Speak your word through me. This is, this is, Jesus says, whoever would follow me must essentially take up their cross daily. This is my life. I yield my life. I submit my life to you that you would create the masterpiece that you always have wanted to. Someone else is praying tonight, God, I will not be far away from you. Someone else is praying tonight, Lord, I will stay in your presence long enough for you to transform me. Someone else is praying tonight, Lord, you are the one who has the big picture. He says, while I was yet in my mother's womb, you knew me. So, Lord, I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you more than just in my words. I choose to trust you when everything around seems to be shaking. I choose to trust you even when I can't yet understand it. I choose to trust you from the bottom of my heart. I will express it in worship. I will express it in staying in your presence. I will express it in feeling my heart and my life with your word. I will express it in prayer. I will express it in reverence. I will express it in my desire. Someone else is just saying, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. You are the one who set the sun, the stars, the moon, the seas, all the great things that we see. You are the artist that put them in place. I trust that you will not go wrong with my life. I, I commit my life again to you. Could we just take one song of worship? What, anyone at all? Any song at all of worship? Just a, you, Lord, you are worthy. And no one can worship you for me. For all the things you've done for me, say no one and no one can worship.
worship you for me. Is my worship, is my worship, all of it, all of my worship. Father, receive, receive my worship, all of it. Father, receive it. Say all of it. Tonight, may I ask that you pray for the person on your left and on your right. Just pray for one minute for them. Would you pray over their lives and pray that the picture that God is painting in their lives will not be disrupted by anyone, anything. Would you just pray over their lives that in this week they will see the hand of God chatting a new course, designing something first within and then without. Would you just pray over their lives? Would you just spend a minute and intercede for them but in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that they will stand under the mighty hand of God. They will humble themselves under the hand of God that they will not seek alternatives that are not really alternatives in themselves. That their trust in God will not be shaken, will not be shifted in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why don't you pray that their lives will be filled with the word of God. That God, you would have your way in my brother's life this week. That your word will fill their lives in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't you pray for them? Pray that they will not hear the voice of a stranger in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That it will stay in the place of worship. They will stay in the place of the word that God will draw. He will do that great art over their lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lastly, would you pray for them that they will not think of themselves as having no value. Rather, they will see themselves as God sees them. In the name of our Lord Jesus, they will see themselves as God sees them. In the name of our Lord Jesus, let's break every every spirit of, of low self-esteem, every spirit that is trying to bring them into a place of depression by telling them they are not worth much. Let's break that and silence that spirit tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Lehaban the Magadosh. Our Father, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you thanks. Father, we thank you tonight for this conversation. We thank you for tonight because we know that you are the one who is at work in our lives, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Lord, we ask that the purpose and the plans, the picture that you always wanted to draw and reflect through our lives. Let it come forth unhindered in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we declare that this will be a week of worship. We declare that this will be a week where your word has free course in our lives. 
I declare, Father, that this week a new vision will be bettered in someone's life. That someone will be bold enough to hear your word and run with it. Father, tonight we thank you. We speak a blessing over your people, declaring nothing missing, nothing broken. That they will be in health and their souls will prosper in the name of Jesus. Everybody said a believing amen. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.